Welcome to the 28th episode of the Film Yak Podcast, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I am John. I'm Kevin. John. And today, and today we are uh, joined by our good friend... Rustin. Rustin, who is uh, here to talk with us about The Fan, Tony Scott's 1996 thriller starring... Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. Thanks for joining us, Rustin. Thank you for having me. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're also going to be talking about other stuff we watched, mm-hmm. as well as some news items and even feedback from former host Jordan. He's got a bone to pick with Vendetta. some of us about some yeah. things. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, how's everybody doing? Doing great. Doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad. Just kind of giving over my uh, sinus infection. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry sorry to hear about your sinus infection. Um, uh, it's funny. This is probably the worst weather that we've had on the podcast in the last month or so. It's overcast, not sunny. Humid. Yeah. It's and gross. Drizzly. It's a great day for a parade. That's right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to apologize to our listeners right away for sound issues that we may or may not be having. What do you mean? We sound fantastic. We all sound fine, I think, at this point, but there's a gentle rumbling. It sounds like a fan is blowing into one of the microphones. Hmm. It's atmosphere. Just put it out of your minds, listeners. Try to ignore it. I'm sorry I mentioned it. Yeah, it's, um, it's our it's it's actually our little ode to Eraserhead. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. where you have the white noise literally we, through the entire. We have a soundtrack. fifth person in the corner doing That's sound right. effects. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's sampling it. That's good. Yeah, a guy with like some some aluminum foil sheets making thunder. Um, <laughs> coconuts. Well, uh, I guess we can jump right into the news, which is just a, a trailer, really, and maybe uh, talk about another trailer, but um, the Sorry to Bother You trailer. Would you yeah. like to discuss this, Kevin? Since Kevin reblogged this on our blog after I, I, had, I had already posted it, and he posted it again. Yeah, I saw, I saw an ad for it on Facebook, and then I went to YouTube and actually watched the trailer, and my first reaction to the trailer was like, hey, this could be kind of interesting. And then I thought about it a little more afterwards, and I was like, I don't know. It looks a little like, you know, pseudo acid trip with like beat you in the face satire. And it's definitely trying really hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's a it's a satire about a black man who uh, has makes himself have a white voice Mm. to succeed at telemarketing. Yeah, they actually tell him that in the trailer, like. Danny Glover of all people <laughs> says, "Put on your white voice." Hello, Tom. That's you a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good Danny Glover you got right. there. Put on your white voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> Just remembering him in uh, Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> There's a thing called talent. 
They don't have it. <laughs> He's very crotchety in that movie, as I recall. Very, very crotchety. Yeah. Just young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. Probably what got him his start. Yeah, I'm sure it's one of his first things. I know he was on Roseanne around that time. Oh, okay. Is he like Darlene's boyfriend or something? No, 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 no. He was DJ's friend. Okay. Darlene's older than he is. Okay. Um, But I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that trailer looks pretty, uh, I don't know, interesting. It looks guess, interesting. In a way. Yeah. But um, I'm not really, I'm not interested in it personally because yeah, it, it, just, right. it just seems like it's, like I, like I said in my post, it seems like yeah. it's capitalizing off the success of Get Out. And it yeah. doesn't have nearly as interesting a message yeah. as Get Out has. So, yeah. um, but also, I wanted to discuss the early reviews of Ready Player One, oh, no. the new Spielberg film. Are they terrible? Oh, it's killing it. Hmm. Really? Praise be to Spielberg. They're saying for hmm. coming back to the blockbuster, the best, the best blockbuster in years. They're saying. What do you guys think? Are you into this, Rustin? This seems like it would be something that might be up your alley. Are you aware of it? Yeah, I am. I haven't really, <clears throat> I haven't looked into it at all. I've seen a couple of the little like TV trailers and stuff like that, but I would probably go. I'd probably go see it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not like hyped for it. I don't know anything else about it other than that it's <clears throat> based off of a novel. I it's mean, got it's, Iron Giant in it. Oh, yeah, it's got a like it's you know it's got every, basically everything that yeah. that Spielberg's had anything to do with you know and also yeah just like a lot of like eighties and nineties nostalgia yeah mm-hmm. yeah my brother just read the book the other day and he said like you know it's kind of a decent plot but like there's you know they literally beat you over the head with the references and apparently it's also very atheistic hmm. which you know in what way Uh he didn't say that's interesting yeah hmm. But I guess, you know, science, sci-fi world, you know, God is dead, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, he's not dead. He never was alive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, the, the reviews are good for that. I don't, are, we, are we interested in seeing this movie? Are you going to see this, Jonathan? I'll probably see it. Yeah? Rustin? You'll probably see it? Yeah, I mean, like. The DeLorean. I mean, I've always loved. As a kid, I love. I didn't even. I've never. When I was a kid, I never saw or got to see uh, Back to the Future. I just remember seeing stuff on TV. My parents were pretty restrictive on just letting me watch stuff up until maybe like age ten or eleven. My kid, my parents too. Not for that long, but yeah. But I remember time travel is satanic. I'm sure. Yeah, so. I remember <laughs> seeing. <laughs> what wizardry is this? <laughs> the DeLorean, though, just. And yeah. it's not even that really, you know, good looking of a car. Just that those the, the goal wings it, to me. And I didn't I didn't have like much of an imagination as far as like sci fi and stuff at that time. But still, the the goal wings opening the doors like mm-hmm. that that kind of blew my mind as a kid. And I was like, that mm. car is cool. And it's uh, there's far better vehicles out there. You know, it's just it it it's been a nostalgic thing. You know, will they CG? Michael J. Young Michael J. Fox and youngish yep. oh. Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Who is who is driving that car in the, in the trailer? I don't know. Right. <laughs> you think so? Like for me, like the, all the nostalgia stuff is what turns me off. I can't. St- it looks so bad. Like I don't know. But the idea of it isn't that bad to me. I like that. Like everyone is just like living in these like towers of you know they're all compacted together or whatever. And they escape into the virtual world. That that's kind of a cool idea. But mm. like, I mean, that seems like yeah, that's that's a mildly interesting idea. It seems kind of like played out at this point. But yeah. it, it also or obvious, I guess. But yeah. it's also it's just the idea that like they go to the virtual world, the oasis, and then it's like 
that's that's your perfect world is like a world filled with like eighties nostalgia. Like I like I want to see weird where it, that that's that's what their yeah. paradise is. Well, it's like eighties and it's like nostalgia of all sorts because like you know Iron Giant was what late nineties early two yeah. thousands yeah. and it just seems they, like they yeah, even like, got Chucky children Freddy in there. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, it's like it's basically all pop culture. I feel like in one the way mo- or another. I mean, I feel like the movie. I don't want to blast it, but like I feel like the movie could actually say something about all of that, though. I think it, I think it could like look yeah. like nostalgia is fucking bullshit. Like you it, know could, I mean? could, it could, but it won't. I know it won't, but it's like it 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 could. Like I don't know. It, Maybe the book might. Yeah, because like you know, I'm not gonna get on get on the soapbox. I've never read the book. You know, either, the book so. is better because that's not always true. But like. It's like we were talking about uh, Annihilation the other day. Like, just just the synopsis of the book sounds infinitely more interesting than the movie. Yeah. Like, you know, hip, hypnotic suggestions for suicide, and none of the characters are named, and, you know, there's not one clear goal of, like, we got to get to the lighthouse. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more cerebral stuff going on that, you know, they just... Made a bad yeah, movie out of them. <laughs> yeah, they did everything once. I mean, it yeah, seems yeah. like from the reviews, it seems like it, they're definitely like not attempting to say anything social or political or make any kind of statement. Yeah. It seems like they're just like trying to make like a fun popcorn movie. Yeah. It's a pipe dream for me, but it, it's not. Yeah. It's yeah, you're right. It's like f- from the trailers <laughs> and what I see about it and what it's about, um, it's almost like it's kind of like a potential future for us. I mean, basically you you go home after work or school and you get into the digital world. That's basically what I do when I get home. Sure. I'm like, on, mm-hmm. I've been playing the Witcher three replaying that for the last like two weeks. And it just, I get home. I'm just in that world doing the story. You know, I mean, I'm, you are the Witcher. I am Geralt of Rivia, you know, <laughs> I am. Geralt. <laughs> it, it, you know, and that's what I like, you know, I mean, not everybody, like I'm a gamer when I get home, basically. I, I I play more video games than movies, so I probably won't have a whole a, as much to say about some stuff as y'all do. Probably a lot. You'll have a lot more to say than I do, but it that that's the one thing that kind of interests me about seeing it, just because that's like a but you know a, almost a, a potentially likely future for you know if the way things keep going with media and stuff like that. You know, mm-hmm. games becoming more mm-hmm. elaborate, and maybe even eventually we get you know. Matrix and or Quest World Johnny Quest where you get plugged into the game and you're Fuck in yeah. the game. Yeah. Which <laughs> at that point, World. yeah, you just might as well be plugged in, you know, Hunter, you know, twenty four seven. I can't wait yeah. for wet wear. I'm psyched. I'm yeah. in. You know, just plug me in. The, yeah. the movie really does look from the trailer, the movie looks like a Disney World ride. Like one of those rides you get in and yeah. you get strapped in and then Universal like Studios. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Universal Yeah, that's better. Universal Studios ride. Yeah. It really does. I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we'll move on to what we watched. Uh, who wants to start? Our guests should really start. Rustin? Okay. Let's see. Here we go. Since I have, well, quite a few. I only have two for this month so far, but I'll, I'm going to go back just a little ways to February just to cover a few. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, Event Horizon. I think I got, I think it was either uh, I want to say it was John. It was a couple podcasts back that 
you mentioned it in something and it just it reminded me of it and I'd seen it uh, like years ago and so I decided to rewatch it and I think when I it was right when I first started Letterboxd and when I rated it I thought it was pretty decent you know for sci-fi horror and I want to say it was either three and a half or a 3.25 or something like that I gave it and on my rewatch it dropped to about a two and a half and basically, uh, I guess the story behind it, it's like, well, it's starring Sam Neill, uh, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne, directed by uh, the not good uh, Paul Thomas, <laughs> you know, the uh, yeah, Resident Paul, Evil. Paul Anderson. W.S. <laughs> Anderson. And and I've seen several of the Resident Evil movies, and they're all bad. And I'm a Resident Evil game fan, and, like, the movies to me are an abomination. But... Uh, <laughs> This movie is actually, it's, even though I gave it a 2.5 and it dropped some, it, it's still, there's things I like about it. Uh, it's like a decent made-for-TV sci-fi movie with, you know, some fairly big-name actors in it. And there's some really good practical effects in it, and it's it, it's got a real, like, aliens feel and vibe, which I think they were just definitely going for. And uh, there's horror themes that, almost made me want to go play, you know, this game Dead Space, which is a survival horror, you know, and it just, it's uh, basically a, sh- I'll just give you just a brief, sorry, the sh- a ship gets sent out to uh, this is basically. This of Dead Space or of Event Horizon? Um, oh, sorry, Event Horizon. Oh, okay, cool. I'm sorry, I might get sidetracked on video games. That's, that's <laughs> my, I'm, I'm a video games, I'm wearing my head all the time, so. But anyways, Event Horizon the ship is called Event Horizon and it's designed to f- basically fold space, you know, and travel from one end of the galaxy to the other in a few seconds. And on its maiden voyage, it successfully does the trip but never returns and like seven years later it comes back and it's on the outskirts of the solar system with an emergency beacon. So they, Sam Neill is the si- lead scientist who helped design the ship and he's sent out with a salvage crew to save, you know, see if there's anybody to save or salvage the ship. And uh, <clears throat> basically, spoilers, the ship went to the other side of the of the, of the horizon, you know, of the eye of, you know, folding space and basically went to hell and came back. Nice. Yeah, and, 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 it, and it's... It's got some pretty good horror elements in it, but then there's a lot of just kind of f- stuff you see coming forced in some really kind of cheesy acting, hammy acting. This it just there. seems like a really good idea, though. Oh, like, it's, it's, an it's awesome a cool idea. idea. <laughs> like I like, it's like the almost idea. the the story for Doom. Like, yeah, basically. <laughs> and then, but there's no killing. Mean, there's not really a lot of. No, there's some death in it. Some pretty gruesome stuff, but it's. The problem is a lot of the deaths are just almost like that, just cliched. Yeah, you know, this person's getting it. tricked into this, and they fall down a shaft and get crushed. Yeah. I mean, just, just <laughs> stuff like that. I want hordes of like demons. Yeah, like, uh, there's there's, there's no guns. demons. It's basically, <laughs> I will say, spoiler: Sam Neil becomes part of the ship, and he, his, in fact, his, he's really good, and uh, he basically becomes the demon in the ship he i am the ship it's bringing me back you know it just it kind of gives you know like it was like all of a sudden he's part i don't know it it but you know it's it's a fairly decent uh sci-fi where'd you watch this it was on uh netflix oh okay i might check it out i haven't seen it since i was like 10 Mm. so it's been a while for me yeah same here 
Jonathan? Yeah, I rewatched uh, Children of Men, uh, which I could have sworn was like from like 2012 or like 2011. It's like 06 or something? Yeah, it's like 06. But like mm-hmm. the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, man, this CG is fucking terrible in this thing. <laughs> really? And, and like, and I'm, I'm really nitpicky with CG. Like, what CG? Oh, dude, rewatch this thing. Uh, I just can't even remember. There's so much. Oh, the guy like, with the glove thing? That was CG, I guess. No, that actually, I don't know. That looked pretty good. Like the hologram or whatever? Yeah, I don't think that was CG. Oh, okay. anyway, I mean, the thing itself was the game. Yeah, that's was, what but I'm like talking his hand about. No, his hand was okay. yeah. <laughs> Um No, that looked fine. Uh, <laughs> the part wherever, whenever uh, Julianne Moore and uh, whatever his name is, uh, Clive, Clive Owen, Owen. They, yeah, they're yeah. like, they, they shoot the ball back and forth. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's CG. It looks so bad. And I, I hate the nitpick, <laughs> but like, Bad CG, unnecessarily bad CG. Like it, it, you don't need to put any of the CG that's in this movie in the movie. I agree. They should have just learned to do that trick, or just like didn't spend, do it. Spend or, six or just, months learning to do this. Ping do, like, don't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, it makes no sense why that's in the movie. Well, it's just isn't it like a moment? It's of, kind of a distraction. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like yeah. it's uh, f- you know, oh, they're having fun. Yeah, oh, exactly, no. exactly. Yeah, but yeah. It's like who gives it's like a shocking. Fuck, Not, yeah. Who cares? Um. <laughs> I, I swear to God, like they CG a bunch of signs, so it's like they're like rolling through the city, and it's like the New Republic or whatever the fuck it is, and uh, it's like it's CG'd, and there's like CG flags and shit. It's just it's madness, <laughs> madness. CG flags. Yeah. Are you sure? And there's this one scene where they're like uh, Clive Owen and uh, whatever his name is, the old dude, uh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna go with the old dude. He they're they're driving and like it's like panning across and there's like a bunch of burning cows and then like r- right at the last scene I'm like oh, that no, that shit looks good like that's r- oh, that's not CG that's all like practical. It lit cows on fire. Variant no <laughs> variant very uh, very last second of the shot one of the cow legs like falls off like because it's like crumbling and it's yeah. CG it looks so bad I'm like what the fuck are they doing in this movie it makes no sense anyway. The uh, there's a bunch of other awful like after like like YouTube celebrity after effects shit going on when they're like barraging the building with like uh, bazookas and shit like it's it, it looks terrible like you, you have to watch this thing it looks I so, will it looks so bad but I have uh, to defend all it. of that <laughs> all of that aside good movie I, I like the, the story is really good um, the 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 sequence of events is really great. Um, I don't know. It's it's really tense. I remember the choreography. Yeah, yeah, yeah? exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, especially towards the end, whenever they're uh, the the prison camp or whatever. The super uh, long shot where he's yeah. like where it's following him the through prison the battle camp gets invaded yeah. by the uh, the rebels or whatever. It's amazing. All that is like really really great. Um, now that's CG. They CG'd the blood off the lens. Oh, they that, did. Yeah, there gets blood on the lens, and they, that actually. They, they, whenever the camera looks up into the and like there's like a lens flare and when it comes back down the blood is gone oh they CG'd the blood off wow. they, it looked it, great. they thought it was it looked great on the lens <laughs> yeah <though. laughs> I actually watched uh, that yeah. not too long ago because like I had seen it before and like everyone was like going on about how great it was and I was like eh, no yeah. I, I didn't I didn't really care Ouch, for it a lot of hatred for children of men here today I mean I gave it a three uh, but I think it's a I, mean, I think it's a solid movie um it's just, I just can't get over bad CG. It just it pisses me off. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Also thought it was kind of funny how like there's that scene where Clive Owen goes to see somebody in this like I think it might even Danny Houston. I think it might have been. Um, 
so like he's in the car and they're playing in the court of the Crimson King. Yeah. And then like they get up they get up to the top and like the uh, like you can see like the Battersea Power Station in the background and there's a pig floating by. Yeah. It's like was it, is this the progressive rock yeah. fanboy <laughs> section it, it, of the I mean, movie? It made no uh, sense. I was like I, they, they were playing uh yeah Court of the Crimson King. I was like why, like why are, why are they playing this song? I was like yeah. it, it, okay. But then they get to the apartment. I was like, oh, he's playing it in the background. Okay, that's fine. And then yeah, the the pig, it's insane. It's ridiculous. The pig yeah. from man, like on the animals cover. I don't know, whatever. But it's just it was weird. Okay, cut. Um, Sorry, what's up? Really? Because it was doing that rumbling thing again, and right when I disconnected it, gone. Okay. Well, this mic is trash. just go buy a new mic. Well, yeah, I can't do that right now. <laughs> no, get, get, go get <laughs> guitar center's open. Hello, hello. Like, like it's just like it. It was getting progressively lower and lower and lower. And like this, like my voice. I could bring a hand mic next time. That's fine. I'm saying. Right. I mean, I'll go buy a mic tomorrow. Okay. But right. I'm just saying, like this. It's just yeah, like the, the rumble is there, mic. and then I, I can hear myself right now. Twenty mm-hmm. minutes from now, I won't be able to hear myself anymore. Oh, and then it'll be doing the, and I'll be super low, and then I'll pull it out and put it back in again. Well, it's just Fuck dying. this mic, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Um, eighteen forty-five. Okay. All right, Kevin. <laughs> I was like, man, this song is uh, way better than this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched "In the Name of the Father," starring Daniel Day Lewis and Pete Postlethwaite. As a couple of Irish guys who are wrongly accused of a bombing in England and they end up going to jail. And and it's based based on a true story, but just not a very interesting one. This is like this is early nineties Oscar Bation. Like <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis, like his Irish accent really is not very good. Pete Postlethwaite doesn't even put one on. And like, you know, they like they make they make it out to be like uh Daniel Day Lewis like on the cover, like the DVD and everything, they make it out to be like Daniel Day Lewis is like fighting against injustice. He like out of a two hour movie, he only starts about hour thirty in because his father's getting sick. Pete Pete Postlethwaite plays his father. And like there's just a lot, like, there's a lot of, like, music of the time, which feels very kitschy and, like, um, uninspired and just hackneyed. And, yeah, not a good movie. Ouch. I remember liking it quite a bit, but it's been a while. I don't know. You, yeah, you might, uh, might think differently of it now. You might check it out. What'd you give it? Two and a half. Ouch. All right. Uh, I uh, watched The Last of the Finest, directed by John McKenzie from 1990, starring Brian Dennehy and uh, Joe Pantoliano. Really? And uh, Jeff Fahey. He's in this too? Yeah. How could this be bad? And, uh, oh, there's other people too. Hang on. Let me think. Oh, Bill Paxton is in it too. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh no this is it's pretty bad it's uh it's like oh. a it's a kind of a generic cop thriller about this group of uh, detectives who uh, 
stumble into this conspiracy, this government conspiracy where they're trading arms for drugs and they have to like fight against it. But it's just full of like these ludicrous action scenes where they don't behave anything like a police officer would behave. They're just like shooting indiscriminately at people with machine guns and stuff. And it's uh, it reminds me a lot of Lethal Weapon. Like I think it's capitalizing on the whole Lethal Weapon thing because it's trying to be like smart and funny and action packed, but it's really just kind of boring and lame. And uh, the acting in it. I'm a huge Brian Dennehy fan. Mm. I love Brian Dennehy, but he's he's kind of bad in this. And oh. Fahey is really bad. <laughs> uh, he's I don't know if you guys know Jeff Fahey. He's from uh, the Lawnmower Man. Mm. He mm. he is the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he was in jeez uh, mm. Planet Terror. And see, I don't even Mach- remember that. Machete. Oh, okay. Or machete. Oh, yeah, I remember him mach- in machete. machete. Yeah. Machete. He's, uh, <laughs> he's really bad, though. Most of the acting is terrible. Uh, Pantaleano. fine in it, but he's just like, he's, you know, he's just like a he's side. He's pretty young, huh? Yeah, he's probably 30 or something. I mean, he's really, mm-hmm. he, was, he had hair, so. Yeah. There wow. You go. There's just like these ridiculous scenes where like he gets him, like he's supposed to be like the tech guy, so he gets like this uh, camcorder. Which is, you know, I guess small for the time, but it's still like gigantic. <laughs> and they go and they go like we gotta, we gotta go get some video surveillance. And they go to like this um, dinner that's being held, and like this guy is like making a speech, and he's like, "Film this guy." And they film the guy making the speech. And I'm like, "What is this accomplishing? Like, what are you getting out of filming this guy?" And like they're looking at the footage later, and they're like, "Hmm." I wonder what this means. And all this is like, yeah, we were there. I know, right? I, yeah, it's I like, what, what is the problem here? But uh, I don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty goofy. There is uh, one cool part with the video camera where they they film a guy, these two guys talking next to a helicopter, so they can't hear them, and they bring the footage to this old man who used to be a detective, and he can read lips, and they make him read the read the lips off the TV. <laughs> I thought that was kind of clever. That's like interesting. But <laughs> that guy ends up getting killed because of his uh, him helping them. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty terrible. Uh, I gave it a two. I bought it on Blu-ray too, off of uh, from the Kino Lorber sale, and I bought it because my dad bought it on VHS from Video Four. I think I mentioned that last yeah, week, but yeah. um, so I'm probably just going to give it to him because I think he likes it. A lot of shit scores. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're about to receive an even. <laughs> okay. Uh oh, a low one. And I'm going to be brief on this one. I'm take bets. I'm okay. going. Uh, I think it's going to be one or lower. Ooh, I'm going to go one and a half. I'm going to go one. Hit us up. We don't even know what the movie is yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. Now, I, I enjoy anime, and I've actually been watching stuff currently, and I'm watching one just finished. I'm going to go with two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You already put your bet in. That's good. And, um, <laughs> just recently finished a, uh, a Full Metal Alchemist, which I – Really enjoyed, and um, I've seen a lot of that. Yeah, I'm now rewatching the. It's the sequel, or basically the, uh, almost like a reboot, almost that's supposed to be closer to the manga. I guess I've never read the manga, but uh, anyways, there's a, a live action movie that was made in Japan, oh, and no. it's on Netflix, and oh, it no. recently got posted. And I was really into the anime, and I was like, uh, this does not look good, but. You know what? Um, I, I got to give it a shot. I get I, I I give really bad stuff a shot sometimes, <laughs> and it, it was it was really bad. It like Dragon Ball Z the movie, Dragon Ball the Dragon movie. Ball. It was Dragon on Ball. that 
it was actually on that level, and I oh my god, Chow Yun Fat as Master oh Roshi. God, <laughs> what, that happened. Yeah. Oh. Now, here's the thing: it's all in Japanese. White Goku. Yeah. Spike from Buffy playing yeah. Piccolo. <laughs> now, Jesus. In this one, what's weird to me, you know, in a lot of Japanese animes, they like they have some recent ones like Attack on Titan and some other ones where they're it's based in European settings and the characters they have European names and they basically I noticed in a lot of animes they they whenever they draw the characters out you know they it make them to where they could be either Caucasian or Asian you know it it it's you, it basically it just depends on the setting of where they're from and the characters in this movie all the characters you know are Japanese actors but they're supposed to be in Europe. Like they went to like Tuscany to film this because this is like the settings. <laughs> so they're like with well, Asian actors. Don't they have like no, blonde this, wigs and shit? There's. <laughs> look, I told him about it. There's the settings are beautiful. Like they went to some really good locations, like old cities somewhere in Italy. This looks like Italy, and because uh, like the 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 anime takes place like supposed to be in, like basically it's an alternate reality like representation of uh, like Germany. You know, in the nineteen in the teens, basically, mm. and all the okay. That's the thing. Just one of the biggest things that threw me off was there's so many actors, Japanese actors, that have blonde hair, some red hair. You know, and that's that'd be normally seen in Japan. They always have stuff like you know, but they're wearing. They're, it's like they're trying to be your. They're European, but they're Japanese. Like if <laughs> it's if it's like if it was reversed, and I understand it's a Japanese anime. It's but watching it and it just it looked weird and I it, it sounds weird to me but it's like a, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing something racial but it, it it's almost it, it, when you're Be watching careful. it if you never if you never saw this or knew what it was it's almost like it's the reverse of whitewashing right it, it, you know, it would make more sense if they cast European actors. I mean, obviously, if the now, characters are European, then I mean, yeah. Now mean, the main characters. Well, it's the same thing with like Ghost in the Shell. They, Ghost they in the Shell. They should have got oh, an yeah, Asian yeah. girl. Like to they should have got. Yeah, it's, it's like, just like they did. Yeah, but they explain that in the movie. I mean, that's like that's yeah. not that's not like this because it's not going unexplained and it's not a. That's true. It's clearly like a budgetary situation too. Probably and also the, the they probably crea- couldn't afford to cast European actors. I think the creator right. of Ghost in the Shell was like like her as well. He was like she's fine. So it's like. I don't know. What? Yeah. Say say that again. Scarlett Johansson. He was okay with her being like. Oh the oh you mean the creator the, oh, oh, of the manga the yeah, guy yeah, 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 yeah. okay yeah. Oh, right, right. and I mean and that see that was weird and everything but that's not really what the worst part about it like coming off of watching the anime this is like a condensed version of it with different things happening that I didn't really care for and one of the other things was all the acting I don't watch a lot of Japanese uh, movies but the acting was just weird awful and like there's some really like especially there's a couple uh, female characters who are just over the top with that that uh what's the word like these in, 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 in games like, like weeby like oh, just yeah, like, like super almost eee! emotive like, <laughs> yeah. like just yeah. like they're trying to be the you know they have those humor parts in the animes where that the characters' faces are drawn out of proportion when they're freaking out or something. They were like acting out like oh that God. and it just looked awful oh, and sounded bad and it just it's like they were trying way too hard to be the characters in the show but it okay bottom line is this you know animes need to stay animes. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean you can make it 
live, you know, realistic to where it works in live action, but or you know where it's supposed to work in live action. But when you're trying to be the anime mm. in live action, it's just it's it's not good. And uh, looks like Jonathan wins because I gave it a one and a half. Oh, it's good, <laughs> really. What do I get? Congratulations! I get to watch this. <laughs> oh yeah, you have to sit my through prize. it. Right. Gross. But yeah, just uh, the anime is really good. I highly recommend it, and avoid the live action movie. Um, how many more movies have you guys got? I have two, two. three, uh, three. No, two. I have two. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm trying to talk about this Netflix show then. Uh, John got me on the Keepers. You're, well, you're welcome. Me and Nicole. And you and Nicole. And the Jinx, of course. Uh, <clears throat> didn't get to finish the Jinx. Allison beasted through it without me. So uh going to have to go back and watch that. <laughs> but uh, the Jinx is fantastic. Highly recommend it. John, you want to explain a little bit about, about, about the Jinx? About the Jinx? Yeah. The Jinx is about um, a, mil- a bil- millionaire, billionaire guy who's old and eccentric who has seemingly got away with murder several times, at least once for a hundred percent sure yeah uh and uh it's just kind of like following him and his history and uh his family kind of has disowned him but he's still got all the money and it's like an investigative documentary show where they're trying to figure out if he has anything to do with his like his wife has disappeared in the in the 70s or 80s and then Yeah. He, uh, one of his friends who was gonna, um, who knew too much is, it got shot in the back of the head. <laughs> so it's like, they're trying to figure out if he had anything to do with it. And he, of course, you know, denying, uh, this, but, um, some evidence comes to light and it's very, it's very engaging and it's incredibly yeah, well made. Andrew Jarecki directed it. Uh, he, he did, um, a movie called, uh, Fuck! What the fuck is that movie called that he did about the clown? <laughs> um, ah, it's a movie about a clown who's like a pedophile. Ugh, Jesus! It's a it's Gacy a do- movie. No, 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 no! It's a documentary. Oh. Um, but anyway, he he just it's real. The show's real stylized, but it really oh, the, works. The newer, like it's like newer. No, no, no! It's his first thing. It's oh, newer. it's okay, it's old. It's called Capturing the Freedmans. Um, it's from 2003. Oh, it's about this. It's a, he started it out as a documentary of following this children's entertainer who's a clown, mm. and he found out that this children's entertainer who's a clown has a father and brother who are in jail for pedophilia, and he follows that case and he like examines it and whether or not the people who accused them are making it up or not, and he interviews the the kids who are now adults who claim that they were abusing them, and mm. it's it's very very good. But uh, the jinx, I would say, is like a step up. It's incredibly well made and uh, very very engaging and yeah. the last episode will annihilate you so <laughs> <laughs> well a step down from the jinx those the keepers um equally as disturbing but uh well actually a little bit more more disturbing yeah, but more it's, disturbing. Yeah, a little, way more disturbing actually <laughs> but uh it's, a, it's about a catholic school and there's a priest there that is abusing the girls in the school uh like repeatedly and no one ever finds out about it and it kind of follows a main character who oh, that's not a char- I mean a, a main uh person who uh was abused several times extremely abused mm. and uh she kind of like suppressed it and it comes back 20 years later and she uh she has this way of remembering and stuff like that and she she doesn't want anyone to be around her so she so she doesn't contaminate the memories and then there's another woman who like remembers the same kind of memories and stuff so it's like you know she's not making the shit up but uh they 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 try to get a case against the uh the priest and uh 
There's actually two priests, I think. Was it's it like a well, I think that there's a there's definitely like an angle of whether or not it was like conspiratorial. Like yeah, where there are multiple. Did, did they know or not? Did she ended people, up like mm-hmm. confiding in one of the uh, the uh, nuns, and she ended up dying or you know mysteriously disappearing or whatever. That's really what the show is about. It's about yeah. the murder of this nun and mm-hmm. yeah, and then these two ladies <laughs> who weren't. I don't. They weren't abused, but they like are. They're like trying to solve the case. They just themselves. like the nun a lot. Yeah, yeah, they remember her. And then there's this guy who's been in the town forever, and he's like in his attic the whole time, like rummaging through. He's been like following the case for like twenty years, thirty years. But I'm like halfway through it. It's extremely well made and very engaging. Oh yeah, it's good and extremely disturbing. So if you're like you know, if you don't deal it's, well it's with graphic descriptions graphic. of rape, yeah, then it's, you're probably it's, not gonna it's like disturbing it. as hell. Ouch! But uh, can't wait to see what happens. It's a, it's good. It's exciting. Hope something terrible happens and then you're gonna, to the priest guy. And then you're going to uh, <laughs> you're going to watch making a making a murderer next. Yeah, year. I'll watch that next because apparently there. I, I just heard today that they're coming out with the part, part two of that. Yeah, they're they've been working um, on it. They announced the case is still going. Like, right, yeah. shit's yeah. still happening. Yeah, well, he's like, still wow. in jail. The guy. So it's like they're trying to fix it. I guess crazy stuff. And the guy, well, the and then the nephew. I mean, you haven't watched it, but like the nephew's in jail. He was supposed to get out. And like that, the last minute they denied him. Like he was supposed to. Apparently, they, he has been acquitted, or like he's out. He's out. That, that's what I heard in the preview. Oh, I didn't know that. Like he's. he's I had out, read that he. I read that he was supposed to get out. But. I don't know what's happened. I don't know anything about it. But uh, you know that was huge, like a year or so ago. Hmm. Everybody, everyone was watching that. Yeah. But yeah, Netflix has got some quality murder mystery stuff. Oh yeah, they're really good at that. Yeah. Movies, meh. Shows, eh. Yeah, I, have, I, any, yeah. have any of you seen the Altered Carbon show? No, no. Mm-mm. I watched about half of it. Um, it's it's not bad. It's it's not bad. The acting is pretty terrible. The main guy is awful, <laughs> but uh, and it's super. It's like hypersexual. Sweet. Sorry, uh, John's <laughs> yeah, watching it right now. <laughs> no, it says that he was. It says that he was released in November, which oh. I did not. I didn't hear that. A Wisconsin judge released him. So, anyways, but you'll see all the. It's just. I think it's more effective actually if he was still in jail because it'll piss you off more when you see how they, how they treat him. But, mm. um, but yeah, cool. Kevin, so I rewatched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990. Okay, ooh, yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm never gonna watch that those new atrocities. The CG fests, yeah, the C- oh, CG fests. Like know. like that was one of the things that I was like marveling at when when I when I watched it the other day, like how expressive their heads are and like how easily they're able to move in these ginormous suits. And they're still able to like do these like really high kicks and do all the, all the martial arts. It's, it's fantastic. Like, uh, like, I don't like has like, it just makes me wonder like has puppetry and like practical stuff. Like, is it, is it so expensive or like why is why is CGI being u- being so overused? That's what people want. Nobody wants to see puppets on screen. They'd be like, what I the guess. fuck is there a puppet on screen for? I want to see CG. I guess. <laughs> I think most people, I think you, un- you overestimate people's um, ability to or desire to see something interesting. They don't want to see something interesting. They want to uh, see, they yeah. want to see something that looks like something familiar and what's familiar now is CG. Yeah. So if you're doing something different than CG, 
that's all. I don't care about that. Fuck that shit. I don't want to see anything <laughs> that's old. Like even if they like if 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 Stranger Things, which mm. is built, it's a nostalgia machine. If they started using practical effects, there'd be a backlash. <laughs> even though that would be like meta nostalgia. Oh, what about Star Wars? Oh. What about I, Star Wars? I mean, Star Wars is like like the Force Awakens. I shit, there's a shitload of CG, but like they were like praising the practical effects and shit. yeah, people were loving yeah, it. Like yeah, even with uh, the Last yeah. Jedi, like they obviously had like I don't know, like it looked exactly like the original puppet that they were using in Empire and Return of the Jedi. So for what for Yoda? Yeah, for Yoda. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. Yoda. Okay, okay. <sighs> I mean, come on, <laughs> give me a fucking break! Like no, the I Force Awakens you. and the Last Jedi probably have like nine million effect shots they in do. them, oh, and like three of, of them are do. practical. Of they course do. they do. Three are practical. <laughs> one is included, and that's one is including Yoda, who's on screen for fourteen seconds. So I mean, like, I mean, that, this means nothing. Like, and honestly, the people who are saying, "Oh my god, it's amazing they brought back the Yoda puppet," are people like you or Rustin or people who are like super into Star right Wars. That, like yeah. the people who are just going to see this movie because it's a Star Wars movie, it's a popcorn movie. I'm gonna take my kids to see it. They don't give a fuck what Yoda looks like. <laughs> they're cool. They're happy that Yoda's in the movie. That's all. <laughs> and it's rant. Like, it's like, where's this red button so we can throw the sh- the cover over it? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a fucking great movie. Do they show them eat pizza in that movie? I mean, like actually eat it? Like, do they put well, no, the no. food in their mouths? They put food in their mouths. Like, there's one where, like, uh, I think it's Mikey or Donatello. Like, he actually like pulls the pizza away, and this and this the cheese oh. is like still in his mouth. And like, yeah, like the mouths are really expressive. The eyes are really expressive. Uh, the dubbing is really great. It fits. Uh, the voices fit in very well what kind of pizza was it Domino's pizza. Domino's That's, yeah I remember it being Pizza Hut I don't know why that's in the second one I think well there was the the tape the VHS tape that had like I don't know you you guys might have had it too um there was a Pizza Hut commercial centering around a Little League team and like they went they win the big game and then they go out for Pizza Hut mm. so yeah, but yeah, Domino Domino's is in the movie, and like, um, yeah, like you see a lot. There's a lot of products in the movie. There's you know, Burger King, Domino's, uh, <laughs> Pepsi, yeah, a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. But um, but yeah, like the movie, like it has like it has its comic moments. It has some intense moments, and like it's all really well done, and like. Even, like, some of the cheesy stuff, like, you know, they know that they're being cheesy because, like, it's obviously, like, they're trying to go do, like, a balance between the comic and the animated show, which I haven't read the comic, but from what I understand, it's a lot darker and, like, the whole... Pur- violent. Yeah, like, the whole purpose of the Turtles in the first place is to kill the Shredder. Um, so, yeah, like, Shredder. I feel like... I feel like they made a really good balance between that and, like, made, like, a good solid movie for teenagers. How was Academy Award winner Sam Rockwell in the film? <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. Go check out the East Warehouse over on Laidman Islands. You'll get your answers there. Lairdman Islands? Lairdman yeah. Islands. Because <laughs> the, the comic is made by Eastman and Laird. Exactly. Yeah, that's good. La- Lairdman Islands. Lairdman Islands. Yeah. I'm going to have to check it out because it's been years since I've seen it, but I remember loving it. I yeah. loved all three. I used to watch them back to back. Even the third yeah. one, which is, I'm pretty sure, like regarded as trash. Bad guy in the third one? 
It's just like some Japanese it's like dude. yeah, Japanese. The second one? The second one is Shredder, Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Super Shredder. And he's Bebop been, and Rocksteady. He got the ooze that's right. on him. That's yeah. right. That, then, that's the one oh, I've no, seen the most. No, it was, uh, it's actually in, in the second one, that they didn't have Bebop and Rocksteady. It was, uh. Yeah, it was oh, like, it was, they're, they're they like those characters, to, but they made oh, up two more for some a reason. Snapping Turtle and a Wolf. Yeah. Right, right, okay. But it is. Tokar and Razor. That's that right, Tokar and Razor, <laughs> yeah. Super Shredder. Super Shredder. Loved that shit when I was a kid. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, man. And uh <laughs> he was so cool. Yeah. I just loved all the ooze in the second one, like the tubes and like the green shit just flowing through them. Yeah. Super cool. Very satisfying images. What'd you give that out of five? That's a five. Oh, okay. That's a five. <laughs> okay. Nice. Um Yeah, I'm like yeah, like you know, I'm not gonna sit here and like argue like, you know, the merits or whatever, but I just fucking loved that movie. I uh, I watched uh, Maps to the Stars from 2014, uh, directed by Cronenberg and uh, mm. starring Julianne Moore and um, Mia Wasikowska and John Cusack and R. Pats. So oh shit, you gotta mm-hmm. get in. This was 2014. <laughs> yeah, this is actually uh, it's pretty it's pretty um, false advertising because he's in the movie for like three minutes. But R. Pats <laughs> was uh, the star of the previous one, wasn't he? Yeah, he's in Cosmopolis. Cosmopolis, yeah. that's mm. right. Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that one. I need to rewatch that because. I don't. I didn't love it, but at the time I wasn't so into Arpats as I am now. He's the man, right. <laughs> so much so that I call him Arpats. Um, right. But anyways, this movie is about. Um, it's about Julianne Moore, who's like a struggling. She's an actress who used to be famous, but now she's like having to work really hard to get jobs. And uh, John Cusack is her therapist. It's like a new age therapist, so he like massages her and like makes her call her call him daddy and stuff like that. It's really weird. I don't know. They like those weird relationship, <laughs> but um non sexual, strangely enough. And uh he his son is a Justin Bieber esque uh child actor in that he's like a kind of like scummy jerk off kid mm. who thinks that he's, you know, he deserves the world and this kind of stuff. And uh turns out that his sister is Mia Wasikowska who tried to kill the whole family by burning down the house when they were kids and she's uh, been in an institution and she just got out and now she's back and she goes to work for Julianne Moore as her personal assistant. It's an extremely convoluted plot Mm. and Robert Pattinson is her chauffeur. Uh, That's believable. It's just like, (laughs) I don't know, and he's a struggling actor also. Uh, And... um. It's a very, very convo. Oh, and Olivia Williams is in this, and she's uh, John Cusack's wife and hmm. the the pop the the uh, Justin Bieber esque guy's mother. Anyway, this is uh, the best way to describe this movie is this is Cronenberg trying really hard to make Mulholland Drive like his Mulholland Drive. It's uh. all like L.A. nighttime, like trying to be creepy, having like weird things happen, and like visions and dreams and shit and like at one point someone self-immolates it's just like but none of it works it's any practical effects no (laughs) (laughs) the self the immolation is cg and it's it's some of the worst cg i've ever seen um see the old him would have like made a fucking puppet and it would have been like yeah he's not concerned about that though i don't think he's like interested in like He's not the immolation in he the was film. The fucking king. I don't think he's concerned about how it looks because he's not. He only cares about the, what what it means to the characters now. Yeah, you know? right, right. Which is fine, but there's so much rumbling. God, I fucking hate this microphone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, he uh, 
the the movie just kind of like falls apart and it's kind of boring and mm. I mean it's like I appreciate what he's trying to do but and it's not like the worst thing I've ever seen I like I like parts of it and I mean I'm not gonna like give it like a crushing score or anything I give it a three like it's an entertaining watch I guess for the most part and Julian Moore's quite good in it John Cusack's a little over the top like he at one point he likes he's like grabs his daughter Mia Wasikowski he's like you crazy cunt and he starts punching her in the stomach I don't I just don't even wow. understand what's happening wow. but you know it's pretty wild and uh you know entertaining and Julian Moore's in a threesome in it so huh. get to see her naked which is you know not like new or anything but yeah, not at all <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I guess she is a lot older now, you know, so yeah. <laughs> you can see the old Julianne more naked. Yeah. Anyway, give it a three. Okay. And uh, actually, my next two are uh, ones that y'all have gone over recently, so I'm just going to probably combine them because after that, I'll have two la- left. Um, <clears throat> first one is uh, I rewatched Dread. And since y'all spoke about it a lot, all I can say is, to me, it's just amazing. I, I, in my opinion, right now, it's the best, I guess, comic-related movie that they've created so far. Or, yeah. Or just been, been created in cinema. And I see it's, I enjoy the hell out of oh, it. Oh, Blade. Huh? Blade. I don't know if that holds up. <laughs> uh, I, I, need I, I, I need to rewatch that, need to re-watch. but... That sounds like a deep dive waiting to happen. It does. Hey, make it happen. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that, so I, I guess I can't count that yet. Um, but so far, and like I like a lot of the Marvel movies. I like The Winter Soldier, and well, my main reason, of course, is because it reminds me of a video game character. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Dread is great. There's honestly. The only thing that I could nitpick in it is there's a couple CGI blood moments. This one part when they're going up a stairs and he's shooting uh, gang members coming down the stairs. And it's it just doesn't really look good at all. Like there's like like bullet like bullet hits on the uh, characters coming down when they're falling and it, it looks almost like three hundred style blood, you know, going off. It looks really fake. But other than that, I mean, just everything else is just. How about when bombs. she puts the MP5 under that guy's head and like, like does like the rapid fire into his head and his head explodes? <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> That's pretty good. No, no, yeah, like everything else I'm in in, in with and like the slow, the CGI slow motion whenever they're uh, experiencing the uh, slow mo and the bullet goes to the guy's oh, face and amazing. stomach. That, That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Oh, it, <laughs> no, but then there's one, those, that one part with the practical squibs when they throw that one guy on the ground and they just unload. Like it's like it's like nine squibs on his back. And honestly, one of my favorite parts. It's it's just it's an element in the movie. Whenever they talk about the other gangs that the Mama Clan had to uh, take out to take over and everything. One of them was called the Judged, and like yeah. they have the tattooed, they tattoo like the color of the Judge helmets on their heads, and they wear it. Just that's so like Akira to me. It's just yeah, it's just, <laughs> and that's that's the thing about this movie. Is it reminds me of Ghost in the Shell, Akira, just in like in like elements of Blade Runner. It just it's it's, it's what Ghost in the Shell live action should have been. Like yeah, they give I it, haven't give seen it that to yet, Pete Travis. I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. But actually, uh, should be. <laughs> actually, I read I read recently that um, 
somebody oh uh the guy carl urban mm-hmm. had said that uh the writer who we talked about for all alex of last garland. episode yes alex garland really directed the movie oh nice huh. that like he ghost directed and like pete travis wasn't really involved that much huh. hmm. so well, i don't who knows yeah. well, i don't really see that because if you look at like alex garland's other directing like it looks nothing like his yeah. films but but uh i guess it's a it's a a five for me and a like and i'll I'm going to briefly mention the next one, too, because it was y'all's deep dive last week. I actually watched it with uh, mm-hmm. John and Jonathan, uh, The World's End. I gave the, I thought it was a pretty solid, funny comedy. You know, it, I gave it a three and a half, and I would say the only thing that kind of <clears throat> brought it down for me was just, even though I was expecting something to change in it, I, w- I kind of I liked the whole pub crawl you know, element. I loved all the jokes up until that point when it changed into the like, a, you know, aliens replacing humans thing. It kind of threw me off a little bit, even though I was still expecting something. But then I kind of got into it slowly. And uh, basically, one of my one of the biggest gut busters for me was what. And Nick Frost does this, and all the other ones like stuff like this. But whenever he's he's drunk and he's talking really fast and he turns around to do a door and he slams his hand (laughs) through the glass that that killed me and and of course the finale was amazing with the 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 claymore that that was amazing and that and uh and that's all i have to say about those but uh go ahead all right you want to talk about the hunt for red october I watched 20 minutes of this and okay. had to go to bed. <laughs> well, then I'll talk about it. I'm sorry. I was really, I was going, okay, here's what happened, right? We went out last night, went to Starbucks. I ordered a coffee because I'm like, I'm going to stay up and watch Hunt for Red October. Right. I got home. I put it in. I'm watching it. I got to the part where uh, Connery kills that guy, mm-hmm. which was like really unexpected. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He murdered this man. And, uh, but it was cool because I liked his, like his face. <laughs> like that was really disturbing, but um, and then uh, like Alec Baldwin was being shown the plans for the sub and everything by Jeffrey Jones, and uh, who is also I like Jeffrey Jones, he's good in it too. Yeah. But um, and then I was like, I am so tired, like I've got to go to like I'm not going to be able to hang for this for another two solid hours. I didn't finish yeah, yeah. it either. I, so I, I woke went, up this morning and finished it. Oh, so I went to bed, and then I was like, I was like, maybe I'll wake up tomorrow and, and be able to watch it before the podcast yeah. when I woke up I had like exactly an hour and 20 minutes that I could spend <laughs> watching something so I finished the canyons instead oh. yeah. I'm sorry Rustin that's okay man. I'll finish it tonight or tomorrow Son though for sure because I mean I was, I was enjoying <laughs> it but well I can talk with Jonathan uh, about anyway it. yeah uh, hunt, the hunt for Red October uh, John McTiernan 1990 uh, never seen this before it was pretty good <laughs> give, it a th- give it a three next <laughs> no, uh, I I do like the uh, the transition from Russian to English. That was cool. Uh, he did that in the Thirteenth Warrior as well. I think a little uh, bit. Okay, and I I did see that part, and a little bit. You did see that. Uh, definitely makes more sense in the Thirteenth Warrior. Yeah, like in does. this one, it's clearly like a Hollywood thing. Like, well, obviously, we're not going to have Sam Neill and, and yeah. Connery speaking in Russian the entire film, so we got to switch it up sometime. Right. Connery speaking Russian in in a, in a Scottish <laughs> accent too. Yeah, he's it's. I'm not <laughs> Spanish. I'm Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a little awkward that part. But I mean, I, but the actual switch was okay. I didn't yeah. mind that. I just feel like I, I like I liked it in Thirty War better because it's like it's built into the plot that he oh, yeah. he right, learns right. the language. So. Um, Alec Baldwin was a little. 
he's a little little hammy. I don't know. He's his hair is so black. He's <laughs> yeah. He's a little ridiculous, but uh, and I didn't know this was a Tom Clancy thing. I don't mm. know why I didn't know this, but uh, it's Jack Ryan, he's Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan yeah. yes, and uh, you know it's pretty good. The story is pretty good and stuff, but like what gets me is all, all the procedural sub shit, like when they're like <laughs> navigating the canyon and stuff. That shit rules. Yeah, yeah anytime awesome. like they're barking commands and they're repeating the commands and they're like doing my new thing, it's really cool. Love that stuff. Um, you get there, to the there's the a singing? lot of that. The singing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Courtney P. Vance, like <laughs> let them I think sing. It was, I think it was singing, sir. <laughs> it was great. Uh, yeah, I just uh, that, that that kind of stuff rules. And Captain, like the the hierarchy, amazing. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Jack, I've seen it so many times growing up as a kid because uh, it was one of my mom's favorites and my dad. Like whenever it come on TV, we'd watch it. So. I mean, I could see that with with Alec Baldwin and some you know other elements, but it, it doesn't really bother me. So I just look, you know, stuff I look past, and uh, and I liked Alec Baldwin as Jack Ryan. I mean, no, I he's, prefer, he's, he's I, good. He's just a little goofy. He, he's almost a little too enthusiastic at times. When they called him, like I, I feel bad even mentioning anything because I like I said I watched twenty minutes, but <laughs> when they call him Doctor Ryan and he turns around, I was just like. It just feels weird. Like you're, yeah. a, he's a Alec Baldwin's a doctor. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> like he's got a PhD. I don't know. About uh, that. <laughs> I believe it when you call uh, Harrison Ford Doctor Ryan. You know, because he's got the gray hair and everything. Yeah. You know, and uh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's those elements in there that I love. The with like Jonathan mentioned the the sub like captaining the elements outside, like all the the effects of the submarines in water. That was actually. Uh, I never knew this, but when I watched it the other night, rewatched it, it had a, it was industrial light and magic from LucasArts that actually did all those effects for him. It looks, it it looked great. Like just the the little bit I saw where it was underwater looked amazing. I was like, I don't know how they're doing it. it, Like watching it, it made me think of like, like Jonathan got me into like next generation, deep space nine. He got me back into that. And whenever, (laughs) when it shows the outside parts of the submarine and it's making me think of that, like just space because the water's just, it's a void. The only thing you see, all the strategy and shit is like canyons. (laughs) There's no, you know, anytime like, I'm sorry, what was that? I gotta get this up. I'm going to forget it. But anytime there's like the entire crew is like, what's happening? What are we doing? And the captain's just like, hold steady. Like he know, he knows what's happening. And he's like, just, just trust me. Like, I love that shit. That shit rules. If that's in a movie, it's instantly getting like half the stuff. You've got to watch <laughs> Crimson Tide, man. Crimson Tide? Have you seen Crimson no. Tide? Tony Scott's Hunt for Red October, essentially? <laughs> yeah. No, I've never no, seen it. No, it's more like Mutiny on the Bounty, actually, but it's oh. in submarines, and it's uh, Denzel Washington and Gene Hackman are like uh, captain and co-captain, and uh, there's a bit of a power struggle. Nice. Uh, James mm. Gandolfini's in it, too. What'd you guys think of Fred Dalton Thompson? Who is he? Heroes of a general talk like this. Oh, yeah. yeah Russians yeah. don't take a dump without a plan, son. That guy. <laughs> right. Do y'all remember when he ran for president? Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's hardcore. He's dead now, huh? Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he died. Oh, okay. I think he was like a senator. Oh, man. Was he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got elected to the as a congressman. Yeah, yeah. Was, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I think he, he's a huge Republican. Yeah, yeah, he was he was running on the Republican ticket, but McCain ended up getting it. Yeah, he was in the Senate in Tennessee from ninety three ah, right. to two thousand four. It says mm-hmm. he was in Die Hard two also, ah. and mm. Cape Fear, which I don't remember him in, but 
I guess, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Cape Fear. Oh, Cape Fear. I guess uh, since we're still on it, uh, like the one thing I really enjoyed about uh, Hunt for October is the music in it. Just the uh, Basil Polid- Polidaris Doris did the just music. It's quite the, epic. The, the Russian mm. singing. It just it, yeah. it, it's, it's just goes perfect with everything that's happening. He screen. did. He did the music. You ready for this? The music for Conan the Barbarian oh. And, oh, wow. and RoboCop. Sweet. <laughs> yes. And Starship Troopers. <gasps> Holy crap. And Celtic Pride. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, he did do that one, though. Uh, he also did, hang on, he did more. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a busy guy. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Everything oh. else is garbage. Oh, Iron Eagle. I guess he did that. Uh, I wanted to talk about one Red thing. Red Dawn. <laughs> I was gonna say I wanted to talk about one thing, but <clears throat> I'm gonna wait and let John watch it because I'll just let, I'll just that. I'll listen for you to talk about because it it's yeah. a, it's a, it's at the end and it's a it's a moment at the end. That Did you notice Shane Black in this movie? No, from Predator. Hmm. I, I, I no. probably he's, overlooked he's, him. He's oh, I'm just looking at the credits. He's uncredited as uh-huh. USS Reuben James Crewman. Ooh, I, I, I don't guess he's r- just around. He probably was an James? extra in the back yeah. scene or yeah. something. I guess they had, they had worked on Predator with McTiernan a couple of years before, so yeah. mm-hmm. they might have gotten him to do like some ghost writing or something. Maybe that'd be like I've, apparently that was a thing in uh, Predator. Like Joel Silver kept trying to get him to do some like extra like writing work on the script, and he was like, "I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it." And I think he ended up doing some at least He's writing and directing the new Predator movie. Oh, yeah, that's, the Predator. That's great. So I'll check it out. I mean, yeah. Also, uh, speaking of rewrites and uh, uncredited, uh, speaking and speaking of Crimson Tide, Tarantino did uncredited rewrites on the Crimson Tide script. So who? Huh. Yeah, interesting. Check I'll definitely out. check that out. Check um, it out I think my only problem with the Hunt for October though was, I'm not going to spoil it, but at the end, there's some really rough green screening you know like the very end oh oh you mean it's like oh, yeah. crazy bad but other than that it's good <laughs> i think i know what you're talking about but uh, like i said uh, it yeah it just i don't know i've seen it so many times and i enjoy it so it just it's it was gonna be my next film but since we're talking i just uh it's a five out of five for me the awesome life. sweet uh kevin uh, so I rewatched Kong Skull Island. Hell yeah! Yeah, mm. I saw it in the theater. Are we are we plugging this thing for the ad? No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, because I um, I actually give, give it a five. We can plug the blog. <laughs> the, on the blog, there's yes. currently an article about how uh, this movie is an un, undiscovered gem, or yeah, un, unremembered Unremem- gem. Yeah, something like um, that. Yeah, like apparently, like it made its budget back, so they might be they might be making more. Well, it's supposed to be part of the the universe of Godzilla and yeah, King Kong yeah, they're they're yeah, because yeah, like I I remembered in the hmm. theater like they did the uh, they did the after after credit scene and um, yeah, I'm just gonna spoil this for everybody. So <laughs> let me talk about the movie first. So John Goodman was on a ship in the. 40s, 50s, something like that. And his ship was attacked by Godzilla. He was the only survivor. So he's been trying forever to like prove that this actually happened. Like it wasn't just some random thing 
that somehow ended the lives of all these sailors. So he gets permission from Richard Jenkins to go on to, to piggyback onto this survey team with a military escort who's like literally like just leaving Vietnam. And so they get to Skull Island and Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are tagging along because whatever. Um, yeah, so they get to the island. They're doing these seismic surveys, which apparently still end up in explosions. And then Kong shows up and starts swatting helicopters out of the air, just like one after another. So then they got to get to they got to get to the in the north end of the island where they're going to be picked up in three days. And Sam Jackson is hell bent on killing Kong because. Kong killed all his men, and everybody else just wants to get the fuck out of there. So, this movie, it's not horrible, but it wears all of its influences on its sleeve. Like, there's a lot of Apocalypse Now, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of Jurassic Park, there's even, like, there's a scene where, like, everybody, like, the whole group is, like, meeting up to get on this, um, this ship in, like, Thailand or somewhere, and it's like, Y'all really wanted to rip off Mortal Kombat for this scene? Wow. Yeah, because, like, you know, a, a big port, a lot of sparks going off, and, you know, nobody trusts each other. And, yeah, so... Was Sonya Blade there? I guess Brie Larson is the She's kind of... Sonya Blade. So, sort of no. Sonya Blade. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Not yeah. Not good-looking like, enough? No. For yeah. Sonya? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But yeah, um I gave I gave it a two and a half. I remember liking it more in the theater, but now looking at it it's like like Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, like they may as well not even be there because 'cause they're you know just nothing to them. Seems like a popcorn movie. Seems, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like it's not a, fun sure to it's watch a popcorn the house. movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> There's and distractions. Like, as, like you can get yeah, up and do yeah. something. <laughs> and like as monster movies go, you know, it's you know, it's I appreciate them trying a little harder, but a lot of the acting in it is like really bad. Like uh uh Toby Cabell, who was in like uh Rock and Rolla and he was in an episode of Black Mirror, and he's fucking amazing in those. And he's just he he's putting on this fake southern accent and it's really bad and mm. like Shay Wiggum is like very stoic and like you know, like how can you eat? How can you be eating at a time like this? Like, you know, we did the best we could. So, and, <laughs> he's just like the he's like the go to. Just like we need an asshole in the movie. Hire Shay Wiggum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. So there's like giant spiders and giant yaks. <laughs> giant roaches. No, but uh, like so. There's, there's a scene. I'm, I'm there's in. a scene where they they are they like they come across the natives on the island, and like John C. Riley shows up, and he's very he's very much like he's still John C. Riley. Like you know he's not like doing like you know a great acting job where he's like totally being somebody else, but like his character is obviously very Dennis Hopper from Apocalypse Now, mm. only without like the like. It's more Steve Brule. Kind of. Yeah, like, yeah, if uh, if if Steve Brule, like, you know, 
I'm a little man. He's he's a big man. You know, <laughs> you dingus. Um, you dingus. You dingus. <laughs> yeah. So I gotta see this thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not terrible. It's but the next it's, watch. Yeah. Get ready. <laughs> That's fine. Instead of primer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it actually. Uh, I think it was maybe beginning of January, and I same rating as you, like two yeah, and a half. Yeah. It was pretty. It was pretty entertaining, and I mean, I. I enjoy it a lot more than the Peter Jackson one. For like, sure, it, it's, it's got yeah. more. It, it's just it's more entertainment value. Like, you yeah. Know, the only thing I'm a, f- I'm kind of I'm intrigued, but I'm also afraid mm. of. What's the name of the director? Jordan Vogt something. <clears throat> well, okay. The direct, well, I'll just say the director of the, of that of Skull Island. He's planned. He's actually supposed to be directing an upcoming Metal Gear Solid movie mm. adaptation of the video game. Oh, I love the game. George, I'm afraid. Jordan Vote Roberts. Ah. Roberts, okay. Who did the Kings of Summer before this. So yeah, this is like uh, this is like a tradition now where they get these like tiny indie comedy directors to direct right. huge blockbuster monster <laughs> movies. Like when they got uh, was it Colin Trevorrow to do uh, Mm-hmm. Jurassic World. And yeah, before yeah. that, he had done like this tiny, tiny sci-fi comedy movie with Aubrey Plaza in it. Ah. But yeah, I'm just. It's <clears throat> very odd. Of, he says he's only rumored for the Metal Gear Solid thing, so it might not actually happen. Oh uh, well, well, I don't know. Maybe uh, he directed the Destiny Two live action trailer. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, I'd rather not see that made into a movie. But mm. the only thing is, only if they cast Kurt Russell, right? Well, of course. <laughs> Snake. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the problem with Metal Gear Solid is it's fucking it is it, it Escape is. from New York. Escape from New York, <laughs> yeah. Like... yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the thing uh, I, well, the only thing that intrigued me about it was I I, I did read some interviews and he was saying that uh he's a huge fan of the games personally right. and he said that when he wants to make sure he has control if he does do it of the movie. He doesn't want anybody interfering, and he wants to make it like a service mm. to the fans and do right. the, you know do the games you know it's justice and everything. Which I, I applaud that by not making exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, I applaud that, but at the same time, I, I just I'm afraid to. I would go see it, but I, I would be deathly afraid to go see. It. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> yeah. So after and yeah, after the credits, they set up. Yeah, the rest the rest of this Godzilla universe. I guess they're gearing up for like the rumor is they're gearing up for like you know King Kong versus Godzilla because uh, like they like John C. Riley makes a point of saying that uh, Kong is still growing, so he could reach the same um, dimensions as Godzilla. Um, but yeah, like they also like teased like Rodan and Mothra and King Ghidorah. Oh yeah, wasn't it like a like like there's carvings on the yeah, walls or paintings? Yeah, of those things. Yeah, which I was like, "Hey, you gotta see this, Jonathan." <laughs> <laughs> I gotta ride that Pacific Rim hype. I guess. <sighs> yeah, I guess so. Pacific Rim two. Anybody in? Anybody in there? I didn't like the first one. The first one was terrible. Yeah, nah. it's basically Top Gun only with robots and monsters. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, like I said, I watched The Canyons. I finished it up this morning. It's uh, directed by Paul Schrader. It's from a couple of years ago. Stars uh, Lindsay Lohan when she was 27. And uh, also stars uh, James Dean, D-E-E-N, the 
porn actor, uh, abusive, abusive porn actor, <laughs> or accused abusive porn actor. Um, yeah, uh, it's written is written by Brett Easton Ellis. So hmm. the, you know the book or the screenplay, the screenplay. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's you know you would think going into this, you know, you got a winner on your hands. Brett Easton Ellis and Paul Schrader together sounds mm. like great to me. And I mean, I remember when it came out, and everybody's—you know—it's like notoriously a bad movie. Like everybody hates this movie. It's um, you know trash, and it's the acting's terrible, the direction's terrible, the writing's ter- like everybody, everything's terrible about it. Um, and I went in wanting to defend it, like really bad. I wanted to love this thing and be like, no, it's just misunderstood. You don't get it. You know, they cast Lindsay Lohan because she sucks <laughs> <laughs> or they cast uh, James Dean because they're making some kind of commentary on porn or something. But uh, and I think that genuinely that's what they were trying to do and they were trying to say something, but they just don't get it across at all. Uh. And the I, I'm not one to disparage acting usually like I don't like it when people are like the acting is terrible because like, I feel like nine times out of ten they're you're wrong and that the acting's not really that bad it's just that like you know you don't understand what they were trying to do or something but in this one it's like it's pretty bad i mean she's terrible in it mm-hmm. and uh james dean is like he's playing like a dick and like uh in multiple ways cuz he's got a huge dick and you see it a lot but he's also like an asshole and it's like you know, you'd think you'd play that well because he probably is an asshole in real life. Like, I've read an interview with him on Vice, and he was a total asshole to the interviewer, you know? Mm. And he was talking about how he was, like, insinuating that she should blow him and stuff like this. It was just really fucked up. <laughs> but, like, he's just, like, t- he's just, he comes off, like, I don't believe him at all. Like, anything he does is so disingenuous. And it goes to, like, these ridiculous levels where... <laughs> He's cheating on Lindsay Lohan. Lindsay Lohan's cheating on him. They find out about it. There's like this confrontation and he's like screaming so loud that like the mics are peeking out. Like it's just like it's brutal. And I mean, the direction is probably the best thing about it. It's not poorly directed at all. And I mean, Schrader knows what he's doing, but it's certainly cheap looking. It looks like it was shot on like seven D's. It's a little like maybe a step above that, but it's like. I don't know, man. You could you could see when you're watching it, you can see like Lindsay Lohan thought this will this will get me back on oh, track God, because no, no. I'm gonna be in That's this movie sad. and I'm gonna be and it's gonna be a brave performance because I'm naked in it it's and I'm depressing. having sex with three or four people at a time in it and I'm working with Paul Schrader who's like an art house director <laughs> and Brett Easton Ellis who's like a you know controversial writer and this is gonna get me back on the map and it was just a huge failure I think all all the way around for everybody involved unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, not to not to take anything away from the work that either of those guys have done, but like, when, when was this movie made? Uh, fourteen, twenty fourteen. Like, no offense to either of them, but those probably weren't the biggest names to like, you know, twenty thirteen. Sorry, to like, you know, the the viewing public, like. You know. No, but like I say, I think that they thought. I think Schrader was like, right, "We're right. going to cast these people because it's like a some kind of commentary on like the vapidness of L.A. culture or something." We're going to cast right, this like right. terrible actress who's a goof and you know has all these drug problems and you know personal issues, and we're going to cast this porn star who's abusive and you know uh, known for abusive pornography. Like I don't know. It's just, it feels like they were trying to get something across with that, but they don't. But it's like they're just playing like people. 
You know, it's yeah. not like they like he does some pretty despicable things in the movie, I guess. But it's like I don't know that any of it has to do with like who he is as a you know, like I mean his personality outside of the film. I don't know. It reminded me of Harmony Corinne casting Selena Gomez uh-huh. and uh, the other one in uh, in uh, Spring Breakers. Like he's right, trying to right. make some kind of comment about youth culture and celebrity and stuff. And yeah, I think yeah. it works a little bit better in that. Yeah. Or like in Starship Troopers casting Casper Van Dien and Denise Richards and like these soap opera impossibly good looking actors in this, yeah. you know, kind of gritty, disgusting, violent movie. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, his all of his movies are like satirical. So, but uh, this one's just not, it just didn't work. And it's unfortunate. And I remember the thing uh, about it was uh, when it came out, Soderbergh had said he had reached out to Schrader and said, give me all the footage and give me a couple of days and I'll recut it for you. And Schrader got really offended at it. He's like, you think you can recut my movie in a couple of fucking days and make it better? Probably. Go fuck yourself. But yeah, probably could have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Soderberg and I would have loved to see a Soderbergh sure. edit of he's, this. Yeah, yeah. I would tell, I would rewatch it today. He knows what he's <laughs> fucking doing. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, and Schrader's got this new movie coming out called First Reformed, which is getting really good reviews since Ethan Hawke's mm. in it. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. But cool. this was a, a tank. Oh, and also I have to mention... Not to disparage her body, but Lindsay Lohan's nipples are the weirdest. Like, they're the exact same <laughs> color as her skin, so it looks like she has no nipples. Wow. Like, she's super pale and freckly, and it's just like her tits <laughs> like are just big orbs, and there's, like, no nipple. Wow. It's very strange. That is odd. Yeah. I mean, she's not a bad-looking lady, but yeah. she's she's just got weird breasts. They're gigantic and weird. Huh. And she's got lots of freckles all over her arms and like hair on her arms. There's one shot where she's backlit from the sun, and like you could see all the little like white hairs all over her shoulder. She looks like like uh, like <laughs> Robin Williams, man. Like, <laughs> oh, no, it's fucked. I'm not saying oh. anything against her. Like it's fine, but like they just should have lit her better. You know, I mean, I'm sure she's like stunning to look at in real life. Right. It doesn't really come across in this movie. I don't know. Like seeing the pictures of her lately, it's like she looks kind of emaciated. Well, again, this is back when she was in her mid twenties, so it's like yeah, she's probably better looking. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah. the younger you go, mm. yeah, just you know, eat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know? She is a little like, and I, I would say that too. I mean, like, she's a lot like. Um, she's not like overweight or anything in the movie, right, but right. she's definitely like got meat on her bones. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because, like, normally you'd think, you know, they would have made her lose, like, 30 or 40 pounds, you know? Yeah, like, I feel like it sounds... They want her to be emaciated. That's what they want you to look like, you know? Right, right. This sounds, like, vaguely, like, I mean, not exactly, but sort of like the same commentary that, like, uh, Neon Demon was trying to trying to go for, but I, but obviously... I mean, it's got that, that feeling... Demon did it better. It's got that feeling of, like... I mean, the reason I watched it was because of maps of the stars i was like oh, right, they're right. just like both like very 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 la hollywood movies yeah and i wanted to see like how they compared and it's just like as ludicrous as maps of the stars was it's definitely way more successful than this thing right. so i gave it a one and a half yeah. but um best la movie best la movie heat i was gonna say heat yeah heat is the shit <laughs> i was gonna say chinatown Oh, heat's better than Chinatown. <laughs> Chinatown's a four and a half. Heat's a five. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. I mean, Chinatown is a little. That's a little well, hard I mean, because like that's old yeah, it's old LA. Old it's not, LA. It's not comparable, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Yeah, We're talking about modern LA from like you know okay, the late eighties okay. to now. 
I think you got to I think well, like I mean, Mulholland Drive. You know, the, yeah, Mulholland uh, Drive is, heat. is up there. Uh-huh. Heat, heat for me though just has heat like, is L A. Yeah, exactly, like yeah. LA. It's A L A on yeah. film, man. Right. I need to rewatch Collateral as well. It was that in was that in L A. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember one really line from else. Collateral was in that that they're in the club with that guy and he was talking about how we met Miles Davis. Oh yeah, <laughs> get the fuck out my face, you jive motherfucking! Take your silly bitch with you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And then Tom Cruise kills him. Yeah, shoots him right in the fucking face. That's right. <laughs> and Jamie Foxx is like, Ugh! <laughs> It's classic. Uh, all right, well, we're going to move on to our deep dive since uh, we've really got six minutes left to do this podcast in. Sweet. But uh, we're going to... Uh, let's, 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 let's try to rush through it in six minutes. Um, <laughs> our deep dive this week is my pick, which is The Fan from 1996, directed by Tony Scott and starring Robert De Niro, Wesley Snipes, and John Leguizamo, and Ellen Barkin, and Benicio Del Toro, mm. and Michael Jace. And, uh, yeah. And Bob Bulldog Briscoe from Oh, yeah. Frazier. Yeah. Um, Stabbing a door Dan within Butler. the first five minutes. <laughs> okay. I love how you're already bringing this up because... One of my favorite parts in the whole movie is him stabbing that door. Yeah, probably, like yeah. he's just like how he's losing and just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to see him in more shit. I know he's yeah. so good in he's it, isn't like, he? Yeah, yeah. Like Frasier, Silence of the Lambs. This uh, he was also in uh, Manhunter. Mm. Um, what else? He's a Anybody? gay man. Is he? Did you know this? I didn't no. know that. Yeah, he's he's gay, okay. which is weird because he never he always plays like these kind of over masculine. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's in uh, he's in uh, Roseanne. Oh, okay. He plays uh, Art, the accountant, who oh. comes in to buy a motorcycle from Dan, and then he gets <laughs> set up on a date with Jackie. Yeah. Hmm. So, anyways, but yeah, I really—he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Right. Like his yeah. acting is fantastic. Yeah. And I loved his like dickness when he was talking to De Niro about you know yeah. knife sales and this that scene with the door. Like, I think this is a bad motherfucker right here. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's, a, he's great. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I guess you know. <laughs> aside from Dan Butler's uh, performance in the film, yeah, uh, what did you guys think of the fan? Now, who 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 has not seen this before? Okay, just Kevin. Oh, and all of you. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I've Every- seen you. Yeah, that's sh- what we were talking about last time. Oh, that's right. It's a yeah. pure episode. Right? Yeah, you yeah. showed us the end a couple times. Oh, okay, when blood scenes. Thanks. Oh yeah, the blood scene <laughs> yeah. definitely. Um, yeah. So no, this is the first time I've seen. All right. Well, okay. uh, I guess Rustin, we'll start with you. What you think of the fan? <clears throat> Well, it was, it was interesting. It was it was definitely a, a good, like there's a lot of good thrilling moments in it. I, honestly, I think my, f- like the most intense parts for me, and one of my favorite parts, well the blood scene was good, but uh, there's a part where uh, Benicio del Toro is in the uh, the sauna, mm. and uh, I guess I guess uh, like I, I guess throughout the movie it's, you're showing a. Uh, De Niro's character just kind of slowly like his life is just you know it's falling apart you know everything like that and he's just kind of slowly I think just I, I think they could have maybe done a little more to demonstrate like show him falling into the, falling into like kind of like a, the state of madness that he has but when he you can see he gets to that point like he's there because of that he starts almost like it's like a taxi driver thing like he records I guess I'm going in the detail of the movie. I'm not to spoil, yeah. but he he uh, he's on that radio. He's on a radio station. Though he talks to like these people, talk to uh, the players, uh, like Wesley Snipes' character, Bobby Rayburn. Bobby, Bobby! Bobby! And he's you know he is he is the fan. He's a super hardcore Giants fan, and he <clears throat> basically worships the. Ray- 
uh, Bobby's character in a, or Snipes' character Bobby in. He uh, <clears throat> he notices that even though he's starting to play horror, like there's actually this. Well, I'll, I'll let John explain it better. He's playing terribly because he doesn't have his number and it's fucking with his head. Mm. And the person who does have his number is uh, Benicio del Toro's character. Whose name I forget. Juan Primo. Juan Primo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great name. John One. Uh, yeah. Juan Primo. <laughs> uh, and so, uh, yeah, there's a scene in the film where De Niro gets it in his head that he needs that number to play better. And uh, and if he gets it for him somehow, it'll, you know, he'll be closer to him or something. Yeah, he'll so be he, recognized. So he confronts Juan Primo in the sauna. He, first he tries to, like, ask him to... F- you know, tries to appeal to him. It's one of my favorite acting uh, moments in the films when he's like, did, did you ever think about how one person's actions, like he's just, he's being so gentle with him at first, you know? It's so good. And, 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 then, he, and then, for of course, he says, do you work with the, uh, excuse me, do you work with the staff? Do you work with the newspaper? No. It's like, get the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. And, and then, and then he turns, he starts, and then you can see De Niro starts to lose it some. And then, he starts to actually scuffle with uh, Primo, and then uh, Primo, Primo, and Primo. then throws him down. But then he pulls out his knife. Like I, I can't remember if it was in his coat or his boot. One of his know. one of, one of the knives he sells, yeah. and you don't see what happens. But then after, after like they scuffle for a minute, uh, Del Toro gets back up and sits down, and you look down, and the knife is like stabbed, like it's through his thigh. And it's sitting there just like spurts of blood, kind of like it hit Amazing. an artery. Yeah. And he slowly kind of just sits there and suffocates, and it falls over on a side. And there's this one shot. It's so creepy, but I love this shot where this everything like goes red, the screen. And oh, then, yeah. And it shows him, it shows De Niro from behind looking at uh, Primo's body laying on the bench, and the knife's still in there, and it's still like oozing with the red. It looks so gross, <laughs> but it's 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 so dark though that scene, and then, um, and honestly, it kind of. I feel like it was. It's not that long of a movie, but I felt that it could have been shorter. Like it kind of focused on too many characters because there's Leguizamo's character, the uh, his, the agent. Yeah. Uh, I liked his character a lot. It was yeah. very brief though. Uh, Wesley Snipes was good, you know. De Niro was De Niro was good in anything. Like he had a like he he's a really good psych. I've never seen uh, what's the movie where he's with uh, Nick Nolte in the remake. Oh, Cape Fear. Cape Fear. You never seen Cape Fear? Uh-huh. Oh, oh, you got to see Cape Fear. <laughs> yeah, I think he's psycho in this. I'll have to. I'll have to see it. I'm just. I was thinking of it. I know what it's about, but I've never seen it. It's um, really good. But uh, <clears throat> I don't know. I felt that it kind of. It was almost too much thrown into it, and then there's like it, or like it was just there was too much going on, and like it, it didn't focus enough on like I could have seen more De Niro's character, like his son. There was this dynamic with his son that was showing you that he he loves his son, but he's so focused on the game, he just he. What are you doing? Didn't... Watch the game. You missed it. And like he, you know, you could see that <laughs> he's had jerk. like problem yeah. with this, you know, life stuff like that, and it's building up to that, and. uh Later on, there's he starts to actually stalk Wesley Snipes because he thinks he can help him. Like he after he kills uh, Primo because he mm. believes that Wesley Snipes needs to recognize that he helped him become better. Because Snipes' yeah. character after the death of Primo, he starts hitting again, and uh, it was uh, 
like and then toward like at the very end there was just some I felt kind of like just a little extreme Hollywood type moments that I felt wouldn't have happened or like where yeah. you basically were you know with De Niro comes out he's on the field he would have been taken down immediately none yeah. of this even if even even though Snipes didn't want anything to happen like he was scared for his son's life well yeah. the stuff the way it played out it just it didn't it just didn't feel like that would have happened at all but it was still cool what happened and the, you know, this you know and I'll, I'll, I'll stop for that because I need John and y'all need to talk sorry yeah I oh, thought it was said everything <laughs> <laughs> like I thought there were like a lot of like really good moments but for me it didn't sustain over the whole two hours like a lot mm-hmm. like like that's that scene with uh, De Niro and Del Toro that was good but like the rest of the movie, it's just like De Niro being angry. It's not like you know. It's just him. Just what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, la, 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 la. and yeah, and like, great I don't, impression. <laughs> thank you. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's just a kid. Look, the bat swinging him. I felt like for this movie, like De Niro was a little bit like he he's a little like higher class than this movie like they should have got somebody else like he he, he did a great job and he's that. awesome but it's like for this script and this movie this idea it just it, it needed someone else for me I don't I know I could see that like I, De Niro I, rules Wesley Snipes rules but it's like I don't know they're just like he's a, De Niro's too big for this movie I don't know like for me like it kind of took me out of it sometimes I think they they should have like built up his like psychoticness a little more slowly cause like you know, yeah. Like Doesn't he, it jump like yeah, he a can, few well, months? He like, yeah, I, I think yeah, because yeah, at one point, like you you see Wesley Snipes give his kid the puppy, and then like later on, like I mean, granted, it's you know only a couple of months. Dogs can grow pretty quickly, but like, oh, that's ne- right, yeah, it's bigger. Yeah, yeah. yeah, what like one scene it's a puppy, next it's bigger than the sun. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch that at all. I, I, yeah, it jumps yeah, like. <laughs> like Six months or something. Yeah, or like I don't four, know. Five, six months. Four but months yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. It, it jumps from like the beginning of the season to the like towards the end of the season. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I feel like like the whole like the thing with like De Niro, it's like he just goes on like being angry and like yeah, he kill he kills Del Toro, but it's like like you don't get enough of like why he is the way he is until like the very very end. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that one scene like before he like um, you know kills the guy um, when he's. After he's kidnapped the son, why'd you and do that? He's just beating him to death. With I, the yeah, like, <laughs> I, I it was literally I we were that twelve. Was really like that was good shit. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So like you know, like if they had shown like a little bit more of him like failing, you know, like apart from like, I mean, we can see that he's an inept salesman. Like you can do that in five minutes, but like you know, the whole thing of him like sort of like trying to carry some grand tradition of like baseball and like knife making like i it just i didn't feel like he was a bad salesman i felt like he was he's just like super old school like he'd been doing the same sales routine for yeah, yeah. like the whole thing with the watch and like him shaving his arm and his legs and stuff yeah. like that well i feel like like his character probably would have been like a great knife maker but like now you know he's like kind of just doing the sales to like get by um but yeah and like from the time where he like saves the kid from drowning to like the end of the movie is what half an hour, twenty five minutes. I felt like that like 
like I've like there should have been like some more like stalker moments, you know, aside from like, you know, is this Gil on the radio and like, you know, he should have like n- Snipe should have noticed him a little bit more. I think like, he was doing well. Yeah. I think I, I don't think he personally. I mean, I, obviously he's like a disturbed individual. Yeah, Gil yeah. is right, but yeah. at the same time, I don't think he would have done anything. Like, I don't think he was leading up to like I'm gonna kidnap the kid. I'm gonna kill Snipes or I'm gonna do whatever. Mm. I think he was just. I think he got pissed off because of that moment where he said, "I stopped caring." You yeah, know? yeah, that's like you could see it like in his face. He's like confused. Like you stopped caring. That's when he takes off his jacket and shows him that he's wearing his jersey and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. You, like know. you care now? You, you care now? Now do you care? Yeah. It's <laughs> my favorite line in the movie. Yeah. Now do you care? Yeah. Bobby, now do you care? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. And I love anything when he's singing... Um, Anything where he's singing the Rolling Stones in his car? Yeah. Lots of Rolling Stones. Shut up! He's like terrible. He's got no <laughs> yeah. voice at all. And him like, you know... Like, I remember when Mick recorded this, yeah. December 1978. It's like, doesn't he say like he, was he was there? there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he tells, like, like the son he was there. Yeah, at yeah. Point, he's, a, he's lying. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to make himself bigger, right? Yeah, yeah. I loved all that stuff. That that really, I, I loved yeah. all, the, anything with the, um, the, this, I guess the stuff that I, like, okay, well, I like this movie, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I picked it, but, um, I'd say the, the biggest problems I have with it are, like, kind of the, taxi driver-esque moments in his apartment where he's like she shows him going insane essentially like i think all of that is kind of like killing the roach it's just yeah, yeah that was yeah, ridiculous yeah. like it's all it's all way too stylized yeah. and i mean it's not it's nobody it's, it's it's the movie tony scott makes you know like he can't he can't he couldn't restrain himself like he never yeah. made like a uh you know simple i mean i guess the hunger maybe would be like the closest thing to like a simplistic you know uh, less less stylized film, but even that movie's like crazy stylized. So yeah, I was noticing that with like the light coming yeah. in, like through the um, uh, what do you call them? Not the curtains, the the blinds. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the office, like come on, like offices aren't lit like this. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's just his thing. That's just what yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. that's the way he wants his worlds to look. Right, you know, like nothing's well, like real. Has, well, it's like he has like kind of like an artsy kind of side, and then he has like. You, like you know, you take like uh, something like Top Gun, mm-hmm. where like it's very much like an action movie, and then he has like these where it's more like character driven, kind of artsy, kind of kind of a style. Yeah, I mean he's 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 a lot like he's like his brother Ridley because it's like he's they're doing the exact same thing. It's just that Ridley Scott is like maybe elevating his material more. You know, like he's. He's using his artistic his artistic side to elevate the material, whereas Tony's just kind of like they're separate. Like one, like yeah. like the fan, like you can't, like the fan cannot be elevated by making it into like an action thriller. Right. You know, you you elevate it by making it into a a character study, and it's not a character study. Like it's not about how De Niro goes insane. It's about De Niro's a crazy person. You know that from like the get go. Yeah, right? Like yeah. the first five minutes, you know he's insane. Like look at the van he's driving. You know, it's just yeah. like he's just a crazy person, and you can tell. I mean, the movie's called The Fan. Like yeah, obviously, yeah. he's going to be a, a psychotic fan. He's going to stalk this guy and mm. fuck with him. So I don't know. It's just it feels like that kind of thing. Maybe like if anything, it just feels like a movie that maybe shouldn't have been. Like I think the biggest hindrance to it maybe is really Scott's style. But at the same time, I like Ridley Scott's style. Tony, I don't think it Ridley worked. Ridley or Tony? No, I'm sorry. Tony Scott's style. Yeah, sorry, say what my the bad. fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I, I the, same, the, same thing, the, I, the same thing. I like Tony Scott's style, and I don't like 
I don't know that it 100% works for this movie, but it's still yeah. fun to look at. Like, I okay. enjoy, you know, yeah. watching it. And yeah. I agree, like, to an extent, De Niro seems like... I just think... I think you say that because he seems more serious than this yeah. movie is. But having watched what he did after this, like, I mean, all he's done is comedy for, like, the last 20 years. So it's, like, obvious, you know, I mean, I don't, this doesn't seem that far out of the park for him to me. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails, you guys into the, into lots the, the of soundtrack? Nine, uh, mm-hmm. lot, lots of remixes. I control you. <laughs> you guys like that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting going back back and forth. Like For me, like the when they started playing Sympathy for the Devil, I was like, no, stop. Because... <laughs> Now, like any time there's like you know a bad character that you're kind of supposed to, I don't know if you're necessarily supposed to empathize with Robert De Niro. Like, like you see him trying to be trying to be a father to his kid and and all that kind of stuff, and like you know how down he is at his job and everything. But like, I, sympathy for the devil is just so overplayed for me. Yeah, no, totally. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys feel about like like Leguizamo and Ellen Barkin in the movie? I liked Leguizamo. Leguizamo was great. Awesome. He was yeah. really good. It was good. Ellen Barkin, I can kind of take or leave. I, I feel the same like way, come. but at this, but I in this movie I liked her quite a bit. Like I like how she's, I like how she's so. Uh, I don't know, like she's like a woman in a man's world almost, yeah, or something. Yeah. You know, she's really abrasive. Well, he he addresses that like ah the token female sports <laughs> <Yeah>. reporter. <laughs> and like Wazama when he's like, you know, Jesus was thirty three when he died, and people are still talking about that yeah. guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, he's really good as the agent. Well, Could you it, know, 11 times 3, maybe you'll be 3 yeah, times good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could have used more him in it, I mean, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm not a big fan of how, like, he and Ellen Barkin are kind of like a team at the end, almost. They're, like, yeah, running around. Yeah. Every time you see them, they're together, and they're, like, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. The guy, the scalper who sells him tickets on the side of the road, Michael uh-huh. Jace, he's in The Shield. Anybody recognize him? Oh, uh, I haven't yeah. seen the Shield. He plays the uh, closeted gay cop on the Shield. Uh, I remember, uh, now I remember that dude. Partner. Yeah. Wow. He's in jail for murdering his wife. He's really? In jail Is that for the right? rest of his life. He's going to be in jail. He oh, murdered his wife. Yeah. He sta- I think he stabbed. No, he shot her. He shot her. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Just fun, fun fact. <laughs> yeah. What the hell? <laughs> um, how about uh, the the idea of this as like a sports movie? Uh, Is this a sports movie? A lot would, of sports in it. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a sports movie. Like, it's like saying, um, like, uh, Last Boy Scout. You know, like Damon. Total Wayne. sports movie. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Got a football, it opens with a football scene. Yeah, the best football scene in cinema history, probably. Where uh, he shoots. He's running down the field with a gun, shooting, shooting other players. Yeah. <laughs> so he makes the sports a cut bitch. down. Yeah, I yeah, I mean it's got sports elements, but you know, like like we were talking about earlier, like you know, say like Angels in the Outfield or mm-hmm. like is that Major a sports League? movie? I would say so. Yeah, yeah, because it's yeah, I get. Well, I mean, what makes a sports movie a sports movie? Is it just that the plot is directly related to the event of the game, like the money ball? Of the I, would, game? I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> so Moneyball is one best best sports movie. Moneyball, best sports movie. Cool Runnings. Cool, easy. Right? <laughs> easy. I caught part of that on TV the other day. D two man, <laughs> <laughs> best sports movie. Are there good sports movies? Uh, I mean, to us, I mean, I'm not 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 you know our listeners. Like, are we cool. limiting it to like team sports or like? Yeah, no, I guess anything. Oh, I guess like a uh, color of money could be a sports movie. Technically, I mean, pool yeah, is true, billiards true. is a sport. Yeah, Although uh, I wouldn't the, call it a sports movie. Um, yeah, our uh, slap shot. 
The quest. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. The <laughs> yeah. quest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Martial uh, arts is a sport. Field of Dreams. Oh, Karate Kid. Karate Kid, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any Given Sunday? Rocky. Rocky. The uh, Fan. <laughs> tin Cup. Oh, yeah, Tin Cup. Uh, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, that's that. I would call that the sports comedy for sure. Wait. Mm-hmm. Is that the name of the movie? Mm-hmm. Because I've, got, I've gotten it confused with, like... What's his production? Happy company? Madison. That's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. a combination of his two. Yeah, yeah. Because I've Madison. I've confused those before. So. But yeah, yeah. Well, I don't really have anything else to say about the movie. Yeah, I mean, ratings yeah. solid. Uh, four and a half. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. <laughs> I love it, Kevin. Three. I'm gonna go. Yeah, three. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. Come on, that, Ross, that, right? that's, that scene. Just that that scene in in the asana was. Oh yeah, my favorite part. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, no, <laughs> I think I'm gonna go three and a half on it. Solid enough. Okay, sweet. All right. Well, um, do you guys want to answer this feedback this week? Yeah. You wanna, you, yeah. Okay. Uh, we got a feedback from former host Jordan, who quit and left us in the in a lurch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, he says, "Hey guys, I enjoyed hearing y'all rip and gush on Romeo and Juliet. I have to go with John though." and say I really appreciate this film. It holds a lot of nostalgia for me, too. I remember we watched it at my 11th birthday party, and kids wanted to make fun of the dialogue in DiCaprio, but I can remember wanting to be this Romeo and wish I could wish I had cool, slicked hair and a Hawaiian shirt. The Nerd. St- the style is definitely <laughs> ridiculous and over the top, but I think it is clearly intentional and meant in many ways as comedic effect. I don't know about that. Yeah. It's probably been many years since I've seen this, but hearing John gush about it, I can still clearly picture some of the iconic imagery in my head. John, you really got me wanting to rewatch this. Kev and John A., I hope you don't know what you're talking about it. I hope you don't know what you're talking about it. I, I don't know. I guess he's saying he hopes you're wrong about it. Yeah. Question. Because then he bites his thumb at us. Right. Question. Uh, John, you mentioned that this movie works because the story is so well known and that something like Hamlet wouldn't work because it's too complex. But if Baz Luhrmann were to do another Shakespeare adaptation, which play would you pick? Or is there another director you'd like to see try his hand at Shakespeare? Kevin, John A., I bite my thumb at thee. All right. Other Shakespeare adaptations from mm. Baz Luhrmann? And uh, you guys hate I, Baz I Luhrmann. I think he so. should not I ever I do that. I don't want to see any more Baz Luhrmann. <laughs> I, would lo- I would love it if he did like a, like a, like an unknown play like a, or a lesser known play, you know, like something that wasn't like two gentlemen of Verona. Or yeah, something. whatever. Yeah, I don't even, I don't know what the fuck. It, yeah. Some, some play that are like, even like uh well, no, that wouldn't work. Cause that's already been done, but like some, I don't know. Yeah. Just some like less, like when uh Ray Fiennes did Coriolanus, you know, oh, like yeah, something yeah. like that. So, but, um, other directors who could direct who you'd want to direct a Shakespeare adaptation, I think is the more interesting question. Yeah. I mean, I've liked uh, Kurosawa's stuff. Um, he's dead, so he's not on the table. I know, <laughs> I know. It'd be crazy. It would if be it... great to see Nicholas Winding Refn do something. Okay, that's like, actually really like, good. Like, <laughs> like him doing Hamlet, where it's like you know. All right, I'm going like... to stop it and rewind it, and I'm going to say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm just kidding. Yeah. That's a good one, though. Yeah, him, yeah, him do or Macbeth even, or some or oh, like Titus sure. Andronicus, something really violent. You know, actually, yeah, Titus. Like seeing him do that would be great because like 
the last Macbeth that came out with the uh, Fastbender mm-hmm. that wasn't that I didn't like it. I haven't seen it. I've had it on Blu-ray for a year. Was that really Scott? Who no, did, the, who did no, that? No, no, just, it was... Justin, uh, whatever the guy who did Assassin's Creed after. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! All right. Yeah. So yeah, nah. Curse, but yeah, uh, Curzel or something. I forget his last name. Is. Yeah. But yeah, Nicholas Winding Refn. He'd be great. Yeah. He would be terrific. Yeah, and um, it'd be crazy to see P.T. Anderson do something like that. That would be, be like really out of it. Yeah, it'd be really like strange. Really out there. Yeah, yeah. That'd be really strange. Like seeing. Him, I don't even know how like, he would do that. <laughs> Like if he if he were to do say something like uh, I don't know Midsummer Night's Dream or The Tempest or something like with like a lot of like fantastical elements, yeah. I could see that being pretty interesting. But because like I don't think now. he's done like like he he hasn't really done any like fantasy, has he? Who Anderson? Oh, yeah, oh Magnolia is magic realism. I guess well, yeah. kind of like sort of fantastical at the yeah. at the at the end. But yeah, I, yeah, he's never done anything like full blown like. I don't think he's ever really done like a full blown genre movie, unless you count like uh, you know yeah, Punch Drunk Love as a comedy closest. or something. But hell, most of his films are like you know art films or dr- hard dramas. I yeah, would say. yeah. But um, but yeah, I, I don't. Uh, for me, the only person I can think of for some reason is Jim Jarmusch. Like if he did something with it, like a like a smaller, like based in New York. Yeah, or something. yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Black and white, hard you know? reality. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, that would be pretty interesting to see. I yeah. doubt he ever would do that, but I mean, yeah, yeah something not. like you know, maybe or even like, without um, the dialogue, maybe he could just like adapt with something yeah. into like a modern. You know, um, know. Did you guys um, like? How do you guys feel about cinema directors moving into um, theater? Because like, I hate it because they don't make movies. They make they don't make movies, <laughs> and I have to okay. go to fucking New York City to see anything that they do. Well, like I saw, um, so like. Back in, like, I want to say it was, like, 2013, 2012, something like that, Danny Boyle did a stage production of Frankenstein with uh, Johnny Lee Miller right, and Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that at the Shaw Center in 2016. And did I he thought direct it was, at the Shaw Center? No, it was, uh, like, he... Like you see, like the filmed version of what he did oh, at the, oh, at I the National okay. Theater. Oh, that's I pretty cool. But like, but yeah, like yeah. he directed the play at the theater, and then like I'm I'm sure he had a hand in the camera camera. Sure, no, as yeah, well. definitely, yeah. But like, it was really, really interesting. And I heard also that like you when you went to the theater, you didn't know who you were gonna get. Like Cumberbatch would play frankenstein and johnny lee miller would play the creature and they would swap wow so like the one i saw was cumberbatch as as frankenstein and johnny lee miller as the creature and i thought it was really well done speaking of uh danny boyle forgot to mention in the news segment uh 100 confirmed to direct the new bond film so fucking a it's happening Sweet. uh hopefully that'll be good hopefully it'll be a you know a Danny Boyle film yeah. as opposed to a Bond film. Rustin, any idea uh, who, which director you'd want to direct a Shakespeare adaptation? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paul Danny Verhoeven. Boyle. It's okay. Paul Verhoeven <laughs> is actually, well, Paul Verhoeven circa 1990 would be amazing to direct a Macbeth. Like ultra violent yeah. chain guns. Yeah. <laughs> chain guns. Yeah, Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> three tits. Yeah, three. Yeah. <laughs> Big Beth on Mars. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Mars Beth. <laughs> we, uh, Mars Beth. We appreciate the question, Jordan. And uh, if you guys want to write to us 
you can get in touch with us at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Visit our website, filmyakpodcast.com. We have a blog there. Listen to us on iTunes. Rate us on iTunes. Next week's episode is Jonathan's pick. Jonathan, what are we watching? I don't know yet. Anybody got a coin? You don't know yet. Yeah, I can, I can, get, I can get you a coin. We're, we're going to do a coin toss. Oh. You can get your coin by three this afternoon with nail polish. It's going to be... What are the two options? Primer or blade. <laughs> it's going to be primer or blade. You talking about blade earlier. I haven't seen that movie in I'm just going to have to re- years. rewatch that, that too. Sure it's, been, it's been forever. Like right when it I'm came in. like right after it came out I saw it a couple times and that's it's been it's been about that long. So we do a coin toss. Okay, so the two options are Blade from 1997 directed by Stephen Norrington or Primer from 2009. Four. Directed by some, some guy. Some guy whose name I can't remember right now. <laughs> uh, which is which? It's your flip, buddy. No, no, I'm gonna flip. You guys gotta call it. Blade heads, primer tails. Wait, wait, wait. Blade heads, primer tails. Got it. Just let it fall to the ground. Uh, Blade! Blade. (laughs) So next week we're going to be watching Blade, uh, starring Wesley Snipes, our second Wesley Snipes movie in a row. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Check out Primer, though, if you want to do I'll watch Primer for now. We don't have to do a double, but if you get a chance, watch Primer. I'll watch If you get a chance, watch it. But yeah, we'll we'll definitely do I'm excited to watch Blade. Cool. Cool. Okay, well, uh, yeah, so next week we're going to talk Primer and Blade, but mainly Blade. And uh, we really appreciate Rustin being on the show. Thank you, Rustin. Thank you for having me. And right now we're going to go and play some fucking Magic, finally. I'm just fucking jonesing to play some Commander. He is. It's it's, it's to a disgusting degree. (laughs) Boss battle. (laughs) So we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.
Hey, Bob. Bobby? Hey, Bobby. Hey. You're angry at me, Bob. Bob? Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Well, I'm a pitcher, Bobby. Pitchers use their brains. Hey, Bobby, still up? Uh, and then what I want you to do, Bobby, I want you to hit a home run for me, Bob. I'm serious as a heart attack, Bobby. That's pretty serious, isn't it? You know, there comes a time in everybody's life, Bobby, when you have to stand up for something. So, Bobby, I'm watching you. And if that pitcher goes easy on you, I'm going to kill your fucking kid. Surprise, surprise. Hey, Bobby! Now do you care? Sign her up, Bobby! I Bobby. swear to God, I'm going to fuck her, Bobby! Bobby! Be nice, Bob. <laughs> now do you care? Bobby! Now do you care?